What up, what up? Mic check, one, two, one, two. Back again. Episode number three. Got my boy with me, Kevin. What's Hello. up? What's up? We got a very special guest. She even demanded a blanket yep. before the podcast began. <laughs> Definitely most, our most difficult guest most so difficult. far. Most difficult goes to... Like a fucking blanket. Get out of here. Ashley, Ashley Hogan. Kevin Hansen's better half. Ashley Hogan is here. Ashley, say hi to the people. Hi, people. So, why is Ashley Hogan on our podcast? She doesn't even like sports or anything athletic. She put up with football. You're an asshole. She used to play soccer. Get off her back. No, we got a cool idea for a podcast here. So, for those that don't know, Kevin Ashley had their first baby seven months ago? Eight months ago? Seven months ago. Seven months, come on, eight. His name is Cade. He's he's tied for cutest baby of all time. He's perfect. With Charlie. He's pretty perfect. He's pretty perfect. Um, So, we have this really interesting perspective of new parents who... I mean, Kevin obviously would love his son to play sports if that's what he's interested in. Um, obviously, you know, we come from a football background, so if he plays football, Ashley's not all for no. football. We're going to get into that. Absolutely not. Honestly, we're not for football either. Maybe flag football. Yeah, flag football. Um, but we're going to get into all that. But yeah, so the, the base of this podcast is basically just going to be Ashley and Kevin talking to me um, as if they didn't know me, um, asking questions of, that they and concerns that they have about their, uh, their son as he grows up. So we're just going to get into that. We're going to all off the dome, spit it live. Ashley, what's your first question? <clears throat> um, it feels like an easy ball question, but I Lob am... it in there. Yeah. I am con- like wondering about what makes your program different than others because there's so many out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we take, with our program, that's fine. Dozer's here. Dozer's on the podcast. <laughs> Dozer's going to be He's in live. It. If you can hear him, he wants you to hear him. He's sweating like crazy. It's hot in here. <laughs> we got to get this podcast done. Not it's um, So what's different? So I think with our training, um, the biggest difference is in our approach to the athletes. I think we we genuinely care about our athletes. Not to say that other coaches don't. I just think that's a real genuine feeling that we have for our athletes. And I think you feel that when you're in the gym. You know, like we're and myself included. Like I'm hard on the kids, man. Like I'll I push them. I push them. I get after them. But I I love them. I'll do anything for them. I care about them. Um, and I think that's what separates us. As far as programming, I think it's the fact that we take a long-term, or, or we take training in a long-term view. You know what I mean? We, we're we not looking to get you better for your combine in six weeks. We're looking to make you a better athlete from, you know, the age of 12 all the way up till you go pro if you if you make it that far. And, and beyond that, we want to make you a better human being, not just a better athlete. There's a lot of lessons in the gym that you can learn that you can't learn anywhere else. You know, the iron teaches a lot of lessons. So I think I think it's important for a kid growing up to spend some time in the gym. I grew up in the gym. Kevin grew up in the gym. Yep. Um, I think there's a lot of life lessons you can learn there, and I think that we do a really good job of kind of um, pointing out these life lessons as they occur, helping the kids understand them. I think we do a good job of nurturing growth with young athletes and taking that long-term approach to it. I think that's what sets us apart. Okay, but what about, like, are there any safety concerns, like risks? Um, so how do you deal with that in like youngsters so you should never like uh, and we're talking training specifically um there shouldn't be injuries in the gym we've never had injury other than you know maybe a tweaked muscle or something like uh you know i've tweaked my back before um you know minor things like that um but when you when you look at it we control every variable in the gym you know we're not outside weather's not a factor the weight is evenly distributed on each side of the bar or if it's not it's something that we designed for it to not be that we control every variable every factor there should be no injury in training. And in seven years, we haven't had injury. Um, so is safety a concern? For us, I would say no, not at our gym. It definitely can be if you have someone that's not 
uh, professional not doing what they're supposed to be doing, um, definitely safety can be a concern. Um, but with us, it's something we prioritize, especially with our younger athletes. You know, with the higher level guys, we might take a risk here and there. Um, but again, like I said, nothing more than a, a strained muscle, you know, or, or a sore back or a sore ankle or something the next day from, yeah. from pushing a little too hard. 100%. Um, never had any, any serious injuries in the gym. No, and um, I guess uh, as an athlete, side of that is kind of like um, there's always a risk to everything you do. I mean, yeah, uh, there's some risks that understandably a parent should be concerned with, right? I mean, like, I want my child to, you know, rule the world one day, you know what I mean? And I want him to be a benevolent leader of the world, but I want to make sure that he deals with... Um, he deals with adversity and overcomes it on his own so that he doesn't depend on, you know, anyone else other than himself yeah. to and succeed. That's, that's and something I feel that like the gym will teach you. Right? 100%. There's going to be that weight that you try to lift that you can't budge off the floor. You know, if you're the type of person to come back and go after it, someday you're going to pick that weight up. Exactly. You know I mean, you learn how to overcome in the gym for sure. For sure. Are you, um, I just... Like, walking into your gym can be sort of intimidating. So, and it doesn't help that my head and face is tattooed, hey? Like, you look like a nightmare. Ashley's the one that told me to tattoo my head. Not For the accurate. listeners out there. 100%. Especially the face. She's like, make sure it's She's all in your face. She's encouraging more face tattoos. She has a... At the moment. I'm like, Ashley, I just want to do my tattoos on it, right? You yeah, drop it on a tattoo fund. I had to Anybody who knows us knows that I'm the first person that's like, get that shit off your fucking face. Ashley doesn't like my tattoos. Not at all. But yeah, no, it's an intimidating place to walk into for sure and i and it's it's by design that kind of weeds out the people that i don't want i know we're talking kids here so we're not like weeding out children um but like f in terms of athletes i don't want people that would be intimidated by that and they're not i shouldn't even say like that because you can come in and, and feel that intimidation but are you the type of person that's gonna like like toughen up and i almost <laughs> said man up that's a mistake i yeah. try not to say man up mm -hmm. are you the type of person that's gonna toughen up and like confront this intimidation because it's really nothing to be scared of and you, you see that once you're into it but getting into it it can be a very intimidating thing exactly. so do you have that will that you can push and yeah, I'm a little intimidated but I'm going to do it anyway I'm going to get after it it's 100% but, it's, but the thing is like my concern is just like with parents like walking into your gym too because the kids I think actually will be less afraid of you than the parents are yeah and kids are going to come up to you and be like, oh my god, he looks cool they don't know you yet they don't know you're a fucking dork yeah so but the parents are going to look at you and be like Oh dear Jesus, God in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I feel like I think our reputation precedes us and and me a little bit. I think a lot of the parents that when they do end up coming in have already heard about who I am, the type of man that I am. Um, when you don't have any, I know this is like not the right term, but like weirdos that like go to your gym. Yeah, like you no, it's it's all private training, there so there's no yeah, there's no way someone's wandering off the streets and you know it's all private. So everyone that's yeah. there. I mean, even from, like, our pro athletes, like, Dex is on a first-name basis with our youngest athletes. You know, mm -hmm. everyone knows everyone. It's, it's a community vibe, too. It's competitive, but it's a community. Um, and, yeah, everyone is there to push everyone to get better. Yeah, but when you walk in, these kids aren't going to be seeing people that are, like, I know it's, like, touchy, but, like, on steroids. No. Right? Like, that's what I mean. Like, the parents yeah. are going to come in here and see all these, like, really veiny men on very big machines with their, like, no, most 50, of I don't even know how old these that's my next question is like how old are kids when they start this but yeah, and, and I guess as an athlete it's like from the athlete side <clears> is <throat> if you go to a public gym it is completely different and I want to say like there's more risk to that
because right here he's making sure that this kid is taken care of from top to bottom. He's yeah. making sure that they're coming in, they're happy, they're healthy. There's always eyes on them when they're lifting. You know, in a public gym, they can experiment a lot more. Exactly, you experiment a whole much more. You see someone doing something, you're like, I want to do that. So they put too much weight on the bar. I think I've I've worked at the same place as Brad. He was a trainer. I was just a person who sits at the desk. Make sure you get yeah. to where you're going. I ended up doing a little bit of uh, dryland training for ho- hockey players, and it is more dangerous being in a public gym because it is unsupervised children doing things that may not be safe, but they assume no, are safe. Definitely they not see, ready to do exactly because they've seen someone do it on Instagram, yeah. and they're gonna just run to the gym and jump into it with a bunch of weight because it should be a bunch of weight. You know what I mean? I so see it's significantly people, more one on one sort of thing like you're it's small group yeah it's yeah. small group it's a tailored experience you're these, these it's the perfect are... balance of between being coached on what you need to be coached on and figuring out what you need to figure out on your own mm-hmm. you know like we're uh, my motto is that if i'm working with a young athlete are they doing 80 percent of this exercise right is it 80 percent right good then we don't need to coach it unless you know is that 20 percent something is their backgrounding is it like whatever use your best judgment but if it's done 80 percent right and the technique is okay then let them figure it out a little bit like, no, that's not the ideal way to do it. You're not hinging enough from the hip, but I'm going to let you figure that out, right? You're going to get it on your third set. You're going to move properly once. Like, oh, that feels better. And then it, it, you learn that better than me saying, hey, push your hips back more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the perfect balance of being taught, being coached, and then kind of being set free. And like, hey, this, these are your exercises. Go do them. I'm bouncing around the gym. I'm coaching everyone. And then also the great thing is we have athletes that have been with me for years, like Wes, like Ben. Um, Quinton, that as they're doing their workout and bouncing around the gym, they see this young kid doing this exercise and they're doing it properly. Well, they'll run over and be like, hey, man, do get your back flatter, you know, get your ribs down, whatever it is. So there's always eyes on the kids. And then more to your question that you'd asked earlier, like when you come in the gym, I think that's a misconception that we have is that you're going to see all these big monsters. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, you're just going to see kids training when you come in the gym. There's a ton of young athletes. That's most of our client base. Any of the big, scary guys that you see in there are, are probably professional athletes that have an image to uphold anyway right so they're not going to be bombastic and, and intimidating and it's not it's a place where like if you don't have high character you're not going to survive it you know mm-hmm. what i mean it takes a certain type of of person you know because you really you gotta you gotta be good around kids if you're going to be there because you're around kids all the time if you're the type of person that can't conduct yourself appropriately around kids then i'm going to tell you to get the fuck out yeah. you know that's mm-hmm. the majority of our client base so yeah um, how old are the kids when they start? Because I've heard about premature bone fusion, yeah, some sort of stunted the, growth sort of thing. Of lifting weights as kids, yeah. yeah. So generally, I like to say 12 is the youngest we take. I had <clears throat> I had a 10-year-old, but honestly all he did was come play at the gym. Like we'd do one exercise and then he'd play for 45 minutes, which is great. Like I'm free play is what those kids need anyway. Are you going to let my anyway. kid play? Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> that's my nephew, man, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, so we had that 10 year old, but generally speaking, we won't go younger than 12. Um, and again, just taking that long-term approach to developing the athlete, right? Taking the steps necessary. We're not in a rush to put 500 pounds on this young kid's back and be mm-hmm. like, squat it, man, figure it out. You know, they're going to be on a sled. They're going to be building that work capacity. By the time they get to the point where they are squatting with heavy weight on their back, they're strong enough to handle this now. And they have the idea, the understanding of what good position is. So now they're doing this safely. It's a long-term building process, but yeah, generally youngest athlete is twelve. I think our oldest athlete at the gym right now is it might be Derek. 
Derek's fucking old. Derek's old. Derek's <laughs> like, is, old is he triple tell. digits yet? He's gotta be close. You guys are not even allowed to be mean to him. He brought me potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. He, he fucking gave Ashley a tub. Like a, a big tub. A, a big good tub. Man. Like a five gallon tub like of potato- potatoes for Christmas. Potatoes for yeah, breakfast, and lunch, and dinner. Literally, we ate, ate all of them. Three potatoes went to waste. Let's yeah. establish that. That's a lot of Ashley's carbs for you guys out there. psychotic Irish woman. Determined. She loves potatoes. <laughs> yeah. But no, Derek's, old. Derek's like 150 years old, and that's probably the oldest person at our gym. <laughs> Might be 160. So yeah, I'm guessing yeah. you have a pretty good background then in if my kid just, say, is playing sports and then he does get injured, like, you can help him? Yeah, it's definitely, I, I try not to get too much into that lane, but the basics I can help with for sure. And definitely working with um, Jeff Kubo set back on track, that's who I generally refer out to. Uh, so he's great from the clinician side. He'll assess what's going on, what's wrong. This is how we're going to fix it. And then in that return to training, return to play protocol, communicate with me. This is what I want to see him or her doing. This is what I don't want to see him or her doing. Um, and we, we have a really great line of communication in that way. Um, also with Zach, um, who I talked about, I think, in the last episode uh, from Optimal Human Performance, FRC certified in physio school right now. So that'll be another guy I'll refer out to. Um, so if it's not, it, and I'll be honest about it, if it's not something I can help you with, I, I have no problem with referring out, um, like sprained ankles and stuff, as long as there's no fracture, yeah, we can work with that, you know, grade one sprains, easy to rehab. Um, but if it's an injury beyond my scope, I got no problem saying, go see this guy, go see that guy, um, and, and we'll communicate, we'll make sure that we're doing what we need to optimize your training or your child's training, uh, however is necessary. I guess I have a question too, because... I feel like there's one thing as an athlete that I dealt with, and even when I got up to the university level, is that communication seems like it goes from you to this help, but it never goes sideways once it gets to that help. So you never see what you have at your place where you are the coach who deals with the athlete a majority of the time, yeah. with the strength yeah. and everything. You see your chiropractor for how long? How long do you see Jeff for? How long is your appointment? Typical appointment, 15, 20 minutes. 15, 20 minutes, right? Then you go to, uh, you know, you see Zach. How long do you see Zach for when you do your, um, you know, your FRC stuff? With yeah, if you're doing your pails and rails, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. You could do a kin stretch class with Zach that takes an hour. Exactly, um, right? So we see them for this much time, and but they see a very large part of what we need what needs to be seen and it seems like almost that information seems locked away over here that information is locked Absolutely. over here because everyone's got a fucking across. everyone's got an ego 100 everybody wants to be the guy that said i got him or her to this level and exactly. it's bullshit like if we're gonna do what's best by the athlete we need to communicate we need to refer out you can't do everything nor yeah. should you who it'd be ridiculous to expect you to do everything yeah like listen i'm a strength coach i do strength i always talk about your knowledge on, on what you do should be an inch wide and a mile deep. Yeah. And then everything else in the field, you should be an inch deep and a mile wide. So I can talk to a Cairo and I can talk to a physio or a medical doctor and we can talk in, you know, more layman's based terms, but yeah. we can communicate yes. and then we can refer what we need. Like, you know, you have a doctor that has maybe like a, someone recovering from a heart attack that wants to get into a training program, you know, not something that I deal in, yeah. um, but they could send them to a personal trainer or something and communicate with them like he needs to be doing this, this, this type thing. But everyone's got this fucking ego, you know. We see it too with like with uh, surgeons and, and um, physios and strength coaches if we're coming back from like ACL rehab or yes. something, right? Like we're bickering amongst each other and we're not communicating. and we're It's something that I've, I try to steer clear of. 
although keeping in mind that I only want to refer to people that I, you know, respect and, and would go see myself. I don't just refer out to anybody. 100%. You know what I mean? So I don't think necessarily a little bit of ego is a bad thing about it. I think you should be picky about who you're referring to. Yes. But you should definitely have that that web of contacts in your A hundred percent. And I think the one thing I wanted to make clear that is so important is that you are communicating with them at the same time. Because I literally... Uh, was in university and you have free, uh, you know, physiotherapy. Crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. So you go to physiotherapy. You get your, you know, hip worked on. Your hip's tight. I always have this nagging hip injury, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I get that worked on. I go to the gym. They're like, cool, boom, front squats, loaded up, 345 pounds. We're starting. We're going up higher from this. You go, ah, 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 this hip is killing me again. Well, there's why no, do you do no that? Communication. There's no communication. Yeah. And so right? how do you fix that? I think you have to make the strength coach the center of the universe. I think everything has to run through the strength coach. Yeah. Right? Because the strength coach spends more time with your athletes than anyone else. Yes, 100%. By far more yes. time than anyone else. The most time. I might spend more time with your kids than you do. Because <laughs> right? right? these kids are in the gym three hours a night. Right? The other time, fuck. I mean, they get home, they're on you Fortnite. Know? But if we're talking, like we talked in an earlier episode about the difference between like going private and going through like the team route. Yeah. Um, so if you're in, in the team route, out, right everything needs to run through that strength coach so it's not to say that the strength coach is the boss but the information runs through him or her and they distribute it you know what i mean so the physio yeah. is coming in and saying hey i saw so and so his ankle is tweaked so can we adjust training in this way yeah absolutely or i can go to a physio and say hey i saw so and so squat his right foot collapsed in on the way up can you take a look at his ankle and we can prevent this injury from occurring you know, and, and then communicate that way with with the chiros with the medical doctors with the physios with the ats um, you know, with, with everybody, you know, that's, but you have to drop the ego to do that. And again, saying the strength coach is going to be the center of the universe or should be, you know, is, is an ego thing in and of itself. It almost yeah. sounds like you're answering to him or to her. Um, but it, it's not that they're not the boss. It's just the hub like, of information is there because they spend the most time with that. Exactly. I feel like it's like a conduit yeah. to make sure that you are getting the most, uh, but right, you know, now, health. right now, the way we're communicating is that the player goes to the physio, gets treatment, comes to the strength coach and says, the physio did this, you know. Exactly. Whereas, like, if you're working with me, you know, you might go see Jeff or something, and then on your way to the gym, Jeff texts me or, or calls me, and you come in, and I'm like, all right, so this is what we got to do today. Yeah. We already, we communicated. Exactly. You, you, know? you that, And that is such a huge thing, and it's crazy to think that you can, it, that that value is there already. So that's a big sell for me as a parent. Yeah. So, I mean... You have some more for him. Keep it going. Um, I, I, I want to talk about like sports more generally now, yep, though. Yeah, shoot. Because I know that you like. I know we've all talked a lot about this before, but I'm wondering what you would look for in, because like you're not gonna be there all the time, right? He's not gonna always be at the gym. So yeah. say he does want to play. What do you guys keep flag football? Flag football, yeah, yeah. Right. <clears throat> so what should I be looking for in a coach? Because I've heard and seen some hilarious there's some, there's some horror stories out there yeah hey? and i'm concerned absolutely and i think i think you definitely have the right to be concerned i wish more parents were concerned and i wish more parents were concerned with the right things because it seems like we'll send a kid to any team as long as that team's winning mm. and as long as they're winning we'll look the other way in terms of how the coach treats the players i spent i see this a lot in hockey mm. right hockey culture in canada is very toxic um but i've seen it in football too. i've seen it in every sport i'm not trying to condemn one sport um I guess there's a most I think, hockey year, so it's kind of a 
Uh, we yeah, have a larger swath. Those to Netflix see it. shows you watch, they just scare yeah, the like shit out of you. Last chance yeah. you. Uh, I'm like, 100% if that kid is, if that coach is talking the, to make it like that, I just hit a coach. The thing you got to understand is like that is real. That happens in the world. There's coaches like that. Um, how do you avoid that? I think you have to take an honest approach to your interactions with the coach. A lot of times, parents, as weird as this sounds, a lot of times parents will suck up to coaches and be their best friends so their kid gets playing time. Like, they won't question anything the coach does. Um, I think you need to be honest in your interactions with the coach, and you need to trust your instinct and also trust your child. You know, a lot of times the kids will come home and tell you what the coach said or what the coach did, and then it gets wiped away as, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, it's just, he's just being hard on you, or you're just being soft, or you got to suck it up kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's not, I think it comes down to trusting your instincts with people and trusting uh, your what your child tells you. Um, and I think we need to do a better job as a society rewarding good coaching. You know, I feel like we just lump coaches in one category and we assume, well, because you gave up your time, you're a good person. You're you're doing the right things. You know, you're volunteering, so you must be good. And it's, that's that's just not the case. There's a big, big – there's some volunteer coaches that are amazing and they're so great for these kids to have, and there's some volunteer coaches that are ruining children's lives, you know, mm-hmm. and to just lump them into one group and say, oh, you're a coach – like, I think that's a big disservice. So I think we need to do a better job <coughs> recognizing good coaches, a better job calling out bad coaches, a uh, better job trusting our instincts as adults with these coaches and trusting the kids when they tell us stuff. Yeah, no, I, I guess as an athlete, so, I mean, I've dealt with this. I've went through, I've been through a coach who cared, you know, so much about you. It was crazy to a coach who gave the littlest amount about you and was worried more about how successful uh, the team was, which yeah. is crazy because we're part of the team. Yeah. Like, it's, they're more worried about those numbers whilst, you know, caring nothing about us. So, I mean, like, it is, it is so important to make sure that you are, you know, involved and not worried about playing time and not worried about this, you know, and that. Where we're seeing that you're getting your child this well-developed kind of thing and that yeah. they're in Absolutely. someone's care... And that care is focused on them first and foremost. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that leads to a whole bunch of wins. Maybe that leads to a mediocre wins. Maybe that leads to a losing season. But your kid had the most fun possible because he isn't, you know, a professional athlete right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially at the younger ages. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, like, when you start to get to, you know, your high schools, you're going to think, now's the time that I should, you know, be driving playing time and whatnot. No, it still isn't the time. You are not the coach. Yeah. Take that step back, but also be involved and make sure that you know what your kid is saying. So if they're saying like, hey, every time my coach says concussions aren't real, and uh, you know, and you go, cool, 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 are you starting? Like, is that really yeah. what you're going to say? And more often than not, that's the conversation that happens too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sucks, bro. Are you started? You know, like, don't you care about your kid? Yeah. I had I had a because uh, I'm working with more and more pro athletes now, which is like that's my dream. I love that. But I had well, I'm not gonna name names, but one of them told me, he said uh, the lesson that he learned um, is that whenever the coach tells you or or the GM front office staff tells you, do it for the team, like do it for the family, mm-hmm. you're getting fucked. Yeah, you know <laughs> I mean? it's a hundred percent what it is. 
it's literally a, just a bowl for five. It's a different example because that's pro sports. It's different. These are yeah. these are grown men and grown women. But I mean, I just think that bad coaching and bad managing exists at every level. Well, I think if it can, if it's at the pro level, know that it's at the bottom level. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> yeah. Does that answer your question, Ashley? Yeah. <laughs> I, we we rambled a bit. We <laughs> we got no, a it's just because you guys keep watching that damn show on TV, and now I it's am depressing, so afraid yeah. of all the coaches, and especially because they seem to pay like lip service to doing the right thing in front of the parents. So, Absolutely, like, and the players too. Yeah, they'll be like, and "Oh, like so we care about my... your your honor and your blah blah blah," yeah. and then they're like, "Fuck you, you little bitch." Or and even like, worse, they'll say, "We care doing? about you getting grades and getting out of this school," yeah. but they're doing the homework for them. They're not learning anything. Yeah, and they're still flunking out of class. Well, and that's you're if still you're lucky. They're doing the homework. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not doing the homework. Someone's doing it for them. That's what I mean. You know? Like you're lucky like, if somebody's even bothering to do that. Most of these kids are just like so screwed. Yeah. Well, the school is doing like we're talking last chance. You like the yeah. school is doing the work so for them. Hundred percent. They're still failing the class. Yeah, a bunch of kids. Like, literally, it was that they. What was it? They couldn't miss. How many classes? One like, class was the like first day. She's like, you can't miss a class unless you have a doctor's note or something. And it like half the team missed the first day. And <laughs> but I like, thought it was that a, rule. What was the <laughs> what was the second team? The second team it was like they had a passing grade. Yeah, you start with a with a right. GPA that even if you all you had to do was show up to class and you'd pass. Yeah, you, you automatically pass. You didn't have to hand in an assignment. You just had to show up and you would pass. Yeah. And that like that's a, <clears> that's God that's a disservice. Yeah, well, exactly. I just have a question about the. Um, like there's a big I was reading definitely a couple articles on kids being overcoached yeah. and there being a huge burnout and they're being like pushed too hard yeah absolutely that's heartbreaking I see it I see it from time to time um, and I think it's something that in my gym I've had numerous athletes tell me that it's sort of renewed their spark for what they do being in, in the gorilla compound um but that is an unfortunate reality, man. Give your give your kids an off season, you fucking lunatic parent. Like, what the fuck is wrong? Your kid should not be playing hockey year round. Your kid should not be playing baseball year round. Your fucking thirteen year old son doesn't need preventative Tommy John surgery. You fucking lunatic. Do I a agree. better job raising well, your kids. And I read that there is like a danger actually in the in the specialization that they're so pushing on these Absolutely, kids. Absolutely, because you're age. putting that same stimulus and that same strain on the body over and over without straining any other. Uh, what's the word? Any other part of the body? I guess yeah, there's a word for it. But like, yeah, eventually, it's 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 just like if you take a credit card and bend it back and forth, it'll bounce back for a bit. Eventually, it's just gonna snap. You know what yeah. I mean? And so that's why we see like, I hate to use statistics that I don't have in front of me, but I read in, in one of Kelly Starrett's book they talk about ACL uh, reconstruction surgeries up 400 percent in in teen athletes. And this was in 2013 or something. Like they had yeah. just built a hospital in in California de- dedicated to ACL surgeries for people so then, under a certain age. Following that, like, what would you think is an appropriate age for a kid to actually start specializing? Because they do, question. right? Yeah, and, and you need to at some point. Um, I, it, it, and it depends on the sport. Like, there's early entry sports like gymnastics, dance, um, like martial arts. You, you don't accommodate to these sports. Like, it's, just, it's total body movement. You're going to get everything. So those are sports that you can start at six years old and do your whole life. Um, if it's something you're doing year-round and getting pushed, you can still get that burnout, but at least you're not necessarily risking overuse injuries in early entry sport. You just you, That's a sport that takes that time. Like, if you're the, the champion gymnast that we see in the States, like, they're literally bred from, like, like the age of six on to be a champion gymnast, you know? Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, let's, let's talk, primarily I work with football players, hockey, baseball, 
So let's talk that. Generally, I'd like to see a kid just encouraged with free play and playing as many sports as possible up until the age of, say, 12 when they start to come to the gym. Still playing as many sports as possible, still free play. Um, if I have a 12-year-old, they're two, three days a week at the most in the gym. I want to make sure that it's something they want to do. They want to come in. It's fun for them um, because eventually we're going to get down the road. This isn't going to be fun. This is going to be work. you got to come in and do your work today. Um, so let's keep it as fun as we can while we can. Um, but I want to see them playing every sport until, you know, it, it depends how many they're playing. I'd say by the age of 15, let's get down to two sports. Um, and then if we're talking football, let's start to, to direct right after high school. Let's start to get into you're going to college for football, you're a football player now. Yeah. Let's push it at that. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, what are the benefits to that? Because you see a whole bunch of people that are, like, specializing these kids at, like, nine. Yeah. Like, you're a quarterback. Yeah, well, they start them at 9. They, they, they specialize at, like, 14, 15. Um, and then they'll usually blow their knee out. They'll tear, yeah. tear their Achilles. They'll get some type of career-ending injury. Um, or they'll be the Johnny Manziel. They'll be the stud in college, unstoppable, hit the pros. I mean, granted, there are different differences from, from NCAA to the pros that could have caused. But yeah. honestly, I think he was just, you know, Johnny Manziel's a weird example because he's a fucking bum. But you, you know those guys, they were studs in high school. They burnt out in college. The studs in college burnt out in the pros. Um, I think it's it's just that's that's the 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 cause of, of the early specialization. You start them when they're so young that they hit their peak. They should be hitting at twenty seven at like sixteen years old, you know. And now there's nowhere to go up. Exactly. You know, specialization is like it's like an ace card. You only get to flip that once. You only get to specialize one time. You only get to be at your peak one time. Uh, you can stretch that peak for a number of years yeah but you're only going to get there one time so if you peak at 17 what the fuck good is that you can't you're not even eligible for nhl or nfl whatever till an older age you know what i mean mm -hmm. so generally let's see that peak happen around 24 25 um when you're getting paid yeah a younger guy might have to peak a little earlier to get to the pros yeah um you know if he's not as talented or as naturally athletically gifted but yeah, generally, like if we're looking at someone that's gonna have a long pro career, let's start to specialize in the mid twenties ish. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You'll start to push it, like I said, after high school. But they'll be full on football players with the shitty bench press and the turned out feet and the flip flops by twenty five. <laughs> yeah, subtle. Subtle. All you football players <laughs> suck at benching, <laughs> except Amando Sewell. That guy's a beast. Ooh. I saw that guy bench five hundred for a double, no spotter, cold, came in from practice. Loaded it, benched it for a double rack, and walked out the gym. And I was like, I, that's a man. That's a sir. You know? So here's a weird sure. side question. I was reading, like, one of the concerns of people is actually, like, the inappropriate feelings of superiority that athletes can produce and have in themselves, yeah. Yeah. Um, where they're lacking humility and lacking empathy. As a feminist, yeah. this concerns me. <laughs> this is, no, it's, it's a real problem with young men in our society with this type of entitlement mindset. Um, how do you fight it? How do we fight it? The atmosphere in the gym. Mm -hmm. There is no way you can feel. You'll be on top of the mountain for a second, but yeah. someone's coming to humble you mm -hmm. right now, you know, because it's always competitive. Um, and I think it's just the, the character that I instill in the kids. I think it's the conversations you have with them, not about training, but still in the gym. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's calling kids out on, when kids call something gay. Oh, fuck, I hate that. Well, Get and a like, better word. My concern is like yeah. that you know locker I mean? room talk, like. Not to bring Donald Trump yeah. into it, but there is yeah. like, like it's sort of like where you would picture the locker room talk happening. Yeah, and it's it, it, that I mean, 
is there are there like dirty jokes yeah but is it offensive racist sexist comment no mm-hmm. you know it's yeah we, we we have to snuff that stuff out for sure so like anytime a kid says something gay Eddie, what's another trigger? Someone calls a woman a bitch. Even mm-hmm. I, even the rappers, I wish they wouldn't fucking say it in the music. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel, I won't play songs that are all, bitch, 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 ho, ho. I don't play that shit. Um, it's hard to avoid it, in rap in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's that's definitely a problem, and it's something that I think, it just speaks to how the kid, was the best athlete in the moment. You know what I mean? When they were young, and then they never. They were never disciplined in any way because they were the best. You know, we go back to the last chance of you question and stuff, and you know that everything was given to them, and uh, so yeah, that's that's how we combat just the atmosphere at the gym. Yeah, it's making sure that you. It's making sure that when you say something, it is you're you're in check. You have to make sure that you're you're understanding what you're saying matters all the time. You know what I mean? Like, what one person's joke is another person's reality. Everyone may be making a joke, but there's one kid who sees that as as 100% serious. Like, they hear it, and they're like, yeah, you sure. know, that's gay. And they're like, ha, ha, gay. And everyone, uh, you have, let's say, 9 out of 10 kids understand it. Yeah. But that one kid is like, yeah, ha, ha, gay isn't gay's bad. Yeah. Gays are bad. And if, if that happens then you have to kind of nullify that kind of talk and it's not that's not even my concern my concern the thing i always say to the kids is like listen you've played your sport long if you've played it for multiple years you played your sport long enough that you probably played with a kid that's gay let's say gay for example whether whether he or she knows it or not whether they've come to terms with it or not in their own life you know they they have these feelings and maybe they can't make sense of it and now you're making fun of even if you're not making fun of them for feeling you're making fun of that feeling that issue yeah so what if god forbid this kid goes home and commits suicide or something over like this is not something i'm going to tolerate in my gym yeah, we're not yeah. making fun of people for something they don't have an option of not being you yes. know what i mean like you're born that way it's not we're not going to make fun of your race we're not going to make fun of your disabilities we're not going to make fun of your orientate your sexual orientation we're not like that's stupid let's we can have more intelligent conversation than this yeah we're not the smartest people in the world but we can have more intelligent <laughs> conversation than this right you know Okay, and I just have like a, like another. It's not related to any of this, um, but I was wondering about wh- how you feel about the whole lack of sort of organization around the treatment of concussions in these young kids. Yeah, the c word, the new c word. Oh, not allowed to say that c word. Uh oh, we're well, talking about yeah. concussion. Especially when we oh, talk about like football yeah. and stuff, right? Like concussion central. And I know what you NFL, guys keep the telling me like the start coming out, they start playing the anthem, and they start singing. Here's so you the... can't hear you talking because oh, concussions aren't real. Welcome to the yeah. NFL. <laughs> woo woo woo. Well, but that's like a super big concern now Absolutely. that we know 100%. how bad they are, right? Oh, so ever. here's the thing about concussions. <laughs> Of course, they're bad. Um, they're made exponentially worse when one happens on top of the other. So if you go back too soon, get a concussion on top of a concussion, bad news bears, you know what I mean? Um, but they're also a part of life. Like, concussions happen. Even if you're not playing football, you might bump your head and concuss yourself. You might fall on ice, slip. You know, something's going to happen. Could be driving. Like, it's not a concussion is not the end of the world. You know, but it's it's serious. Take it seriously. Recover from it. But realize that when you take the appropriate steps for recovery, which is really just rest, is all you can do for it. There's some new like cutting edge technology, but that's not that's like medical doctor shit. That's not Brad's. <laughs> um, but like when you do the right things for it and let it heal on its own, 
generally speaking, we can come back and, and play again and not have too many issues with it. It's when you're getting concussion after concussion after concussion, and God forbid, like concussion on top of concussion, which is something I had an issue with in high school as well. Um, that's when we're seeing the real dangers, the real, like, the, that's the CTE that we're seeing is because these guys kept going out with these symptoms. Um, and it's, it, the cause, the reason for why they're going out is, it, I mean, it varies from pro to amateur, but I think it's going to all come back to that macho mentality we talked about earlier, mm. where you're not allowed to feel pain, you're not allowed to be hurt. Listen, man, if your head hurts, your head hurts. It, it needs a break. You know what I mean? And if you're feeling nauseous with it, if you're losing vision, if you're losing hearing, if, anything other than just your head hurting his head, then it, you definitely need to see somebody, yeah. you know, see your trainer. If you have a headache, if you have something more severe, don't let your trainer put you back in the game no. for, for any of that shit. You know what I mean? Um, but that's something that we as professionals in this industry need to do a better job of patrolling. You know, it's, it was never an issue for me. Maybe it's because I'm 300 pounds and covered in tattoos. If I said a kid was out, a kid was out. Nobody ever tried to call me on it. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I was ready to fight if you were going to try to put this kid back. If I have to fight you to protect this kid, I'll fight you. Yeah. You know, and that's what we need out of more coaches. It's great that the sport coach wants to do what's best to win the game at a competitive level. Like, yeah, but it's not going to come at the expense of this kid's health or any kid's health. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to win just as bad as you do, but you're going to have to do it with the second string. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, I mean, as a coach who coached football, who played football, who's, uh, Luckily, I've walked away fairly unscathed from any real head trauma. Yeah. Um, there, uh, like, there's no way that even with my minor amount of of issues that I've walked away completely unharmed, right? Just by way of, um, you know, we're we're in a car accident, right? Yeah. Like, I, it's like I was conked there. That's the first time I've ever had any symptoms that were like that situation. So. I may be luckier than most. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the the major thing I would say is that if if you do not take them seriously at all, if you're a coach right now and you're a parent right now, if your kid right now and your coach does not take them seriously, if your kid's coach does not take them seriously, take them out of that. Get a new get a new environment, get a new team. And if you're a coach that's not taking it seriously, get your fucking head out of the sand, you mutt. What do you... There's no debate on this anymore. No. This isn't open for debate. No, this Stop being a fucking idiot. This isn't... Uh, evolution or climate change? Evolution or climate change or like, vaccination. Like, you know? Just because gravity... Like, the science is there. Oh, wait, no. the science is there for those things as well, but whatever. Just because gravity is a theory doesn't mean you get to fucking question it. You know? Concussions are bad, motherfucker. That's, that's, that's the that. end of that discussion. Boom. You need to take that shit more seriously. With that said, we got to wrap this up. We always wrap it up talking about hip-hop. Yeah. Ashley, the biggest hip-hop head in the world. <laughs> I don't even know if she listens to hip-hop. You're a Kendrick fan, Kendrick, right? Kendrick, Why sure. don't you tell us what your favorite Kendrick song is? Give, uh -huh. us a, give us a Kendrick recommendation, given our current political climate. Go. Or the U.S.'s current political climate. The United States... Oh, okay. Well, don't listen to Kendrick. You should be listening <laughs> to Brother Ali. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Even I know that. Okay, okay, okay. Bitch. Okay. Oh, shit. And pay attention. <laughs> Shout out to Brother Uncle Ali. Uncle Sam, God damn. That's what you should be listening to right now. Yeah, there it is. Absolutely, there you go. 
What about you, Kevin? Me, I... And you should still listen to Kendrick. Listen to Kenny. Kung Fu Kenny. We Kung wanted Fu to Kenny. name the baby <laughs> Kendrick. <laughs> Ashley vetoed it. Yeah, she did. She killed it. She You're killed gonna it call it Kid Ken. I'm still going to call him Kung Fu Kenny. Kenny. Kung Fu Kenny. Kung Fu Kenny. Anyway, Kevin, what are you bumping? Um, I will, right now, I'm going to knock if you buck. Oh, I've heard it the other day. No, if you buck. Yeah, I love it. Big fan. Well, I'm uh, okay. There's Told no way. Crystal Holden. Go <laughs> oh back street. Stomping, bumping, jumping, and get crunk over this day. Don't want to vote. Some pat these hoes. You That's love my it. jam. I love it. None Big of fan. this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Nuck If You Buck. That's a, that's a heater at the gym. I've been listening to uh, uh, the new Jedi Mind Tricks album, The Bridge in the Abyss, is good. Uh, and Vinny's got another solo album coming out. They just released a single for it. The single is violent. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hardcore rap for sure. So it's not on when the twelve-year-olds come, right? It might be. That's yeah. <laughs> what it is. A little intense. You never heard anyone. Exactly. Uh, that's my go-to man. Vinny's my favorite rapper of all time. So watch out for that album dropping. Um, yeah, I think What's that's that song though of that British guy, the joke, the comedian. He like made that rap song. Oh, great question. I really like That's it. That's the worst description. Yeah, I'm it was so great. sorry. We're going to figure that out. That's exactly what it is, though. If you, if you know the answer, comment. He does math What the, the fuck is Ashley talking about? <laughs> it's like three plus three is four. Minus oh. one is two. Or <laughs> oh, she's talking about. Such uh, a rapper. Oh, man's not hot. Oh, Shaq. <laughs> oh. Big Shaq. Big Shaq. <laughs> Big Shaq. Fuck that. Yeah. Making a mockery of hip hop. I love that dude. That I dude think he fucking nailed it. Well, we're gonna find that uh, uh, UK grunge rap I had to there. Piss him off before the thing ended, I had to Love make it. him a little. All right, even though me. you pissed me off, Ashley, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate you, Kevin. As always, I well, appreciate you. You know, thank you for having us, and thank you for having Ashley because she had some real questions that you answered, and hopefully that helps some other people. Ashley, out. we're gonna make your son a beast. Look out! He's already a beast. This is the be. next Julius Peppers. That's Watch. it. Watch. He's the oh. next Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. That's Canadian President. <laughs>